0: Well, when we see that video and we think about prayer, that's so important that we continue to pray for our nation. We continue to walk through difficulties and struggles and really disunity in so many ways. So that prayer is just a reminder to us of the freedom that we have as a nation and the freedom that we have in Christ. The freedom from sin, the freedom from bondage of sin, freedom from death that comes along with that. But the freedom to live out our faith, the freedom to be able to say in the midst of conflict and struggle that's all around us, hurt, injustice, all the needs that we see in our nation as followers of Christ. We are able to say that we are not only free in the nation to be able to talk about our Savior, but we are free in salvation. We are free because of what Christ has done on the cross, him crucified on the cross for our sins, him raised from the dead so that we might have eternal life. Uh, I think that's the greatest freedom of all, a freedom that we can share with others that puts a hope not in a nation or not in a people or really the hope in, in Christ, in Christ alone. Well, as we continue our study of James from James chapter 2, James is hoping to help the hearers in this passage to understand the freedom that is in Christ. He's going to deal as he has already at the end of chapter 1 with the royal law and talking about the importance of love inside that. Love is a theme that's going to run through these verses here in chapter 2 that's going to help us to understand that as he is teaching us what it means to be free in Christ, what he teaches us about the understanding of freedom, that we have to be followers of Christ. Inside that comes out of a law of liberty that we get to at the end of the passage that we're going to look at today. So he starts out at the beginning of our conversation at the end of chapter 1 and goes through uh, part of chapter 2 talking about this law of liberty, the freedom that we have in Christ. Now, James was speaking to a time where the church was struggling. They were going through the same kind of struggles that we often see around us. There was partiality. There was favoritism. So he hits that very strong in chapter 2. So if you have your Bible with you, whether it's a Bible in front of you or on an iPad or phone, whatever you're using today, we hope that you'll be able to look at this passage of Scripture and say, in the midst of the world around us, what it means for us as a church. Because see, when the middle of that's happening, Jesus had a view for the church not to be in that situation. The view of the church was be that we were going to be the kind of people that were distinctive, the kind of people that were intended to focus on unity. Jesus' whole view is that the church would not be that place of partiality. James speaks to that here in this chapter, that they would be able to focus on the needs that are around them in a greater way. So if you have your Bible with you, let's look together at really starting at verse 1 of chapter 2. We're going to read just a couple of verses as we walk through this and we're going to try to be able to see what he is teaching us about the freedom, this law of liberty that he gives to us. So let's first of all look at the first verse of chapter 2 of James where he says, my brethren or my brother. So he, he was speaking to the church. He was trying to be inclusive of all the people who are listening to him. Now, probably James was writing most specifically to those who were Jewish who were in that place that were scattered all around. James is trying to teach them about who they are as believers. It's new to them, right? It's a a new faith. We we understand that James, this letter was written early in the writings of Christian writings. And he was teaching them what it means to learn to follow Christ in this faith issue that they've been dealing with. And that really is the, the focus of the entire work of James, how we have faith and how that faith drives us to live our life. The works that comes out of that, not because of To gain salvation, but because of our salvation is where we place our faith and it drives us to live out our Christian life. So he says, brethren, all of us, listen, that, that warm, friendly, loving relationship that he has in the midst of this. He's teaching them what it means to follow Christ and to have unity with each other. And that's where he starts this passage. He then says, show no partiality or no Favoritism. The word that he uses right there is a word that also is helpful to us because it means, it means the idea of lifting up the face. Lifting up your face so that you see the person. So James is going to teach us in these next few verses that it's not about the person, what they look like on the outside. But it's about the law of liberty that we have in order to show no favoritism no partiality because of the love of Christ inside that. I I think it's a word that we need to hear today. I think it's a word that's going to help us as the church and us as followers with all the things that go on in the world around us. That James points us to look at the heart of people, the lives of people. Just as Jesus said, it's not what goes into a person that, that defiles them. It's what comes out. It's, what, it's what's happening of the actions of their life. And he's, he's telling us that in these verses. He's helping us to realize that there is not favoritism that should be happening among anyone, among any peoples. It should focus on the fact of who Christ is in. In that, And the hope of glory that he is and the law of liberty that he's going to get to later on in this verse, in this chapter, teaching us that as followers of Christ, we are to show no partiality, no favoritism, that whole idea of understanding that we lift up the face of the person to receive that person. Now, part of what he's talking about is the value of people the value of understanding the needs of all people, the need for Christ that they all have, whether in his context they be Jewish or Gentile, that there would be that need for all to understand the royal law, which is about love, which is about unity, which is about loving each other in a great way. He tells us in verse 2, my brothers show no partiality, as you hold the faith, the faith is a, a great theme in the letter of James because it's a theme that he comes back to over and over and over. He explains that theme to us here in a way that where he says that we are going to hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. The faith that he's talking about is the faith that has changed them, a faith that has transformed their lives. As a church, our vision statement has to do with transformation. It has to do with seeing transformation of our neighborhoods, of the generations, to the nations through Jesus Christ. The vision of being able to understand that transformation is going to happen. And James is speaking to that right here in in these verses. He's talking about this transformation that comes about because of the faith that we have in Christ. It's a great word for us. We need to, to hear that in a wonderful way because it really is the foundation of everything we're going to do. It's the foundation of all of our freedom. It's the foundation of our unity. It's the foundation of how we show no favoritism or no partiality that comes out of the fact that we as followers of Christ have the faith that is in Christ that's going to secure our salvation. It's a personal, relational kind of faith. That it's in Christ, in Christ alone. You see, James is writing to the believer. And he's writing to the Christian, those who said they are followers of Christ. And that's so important for us. Sometimes we look at the world around us and we expect things of the world around us. Yet we would understand that in this place, James is speaking to us as believers. There is a different expectation upon us because we understand of the faith that's in us, that is the faith of Christ. And he makes that very clear that we are to hold the faith that is in the Lord Jesus, the Lord of glory. Great phrase that he uses right there in the very first verse. He points us to who Christ is. He, he points us to the one that's going to make the difference in Christ lives, the difference of salvation, the difference of eternity. I think he also helps us to understand what he has been talking about over in chapter 1 when he talked about how we are to be maturing in our faith. He is making us mature, complete. And this royal law that he's getting to is is the completed work, the work that we are walking through in life, to be the kind of people that have the royal law, this law of love that's in us that he's going to speak to here in just a few moments. You see, the illustration for James comes out of an example of Jesus, who is his half-brother. It makes me wonder, too, if he was there when Jesus told the story about his conversation with Nicodemus and how Nicodemus and who he was as a leader probably dressed in a great way as he explains here in the next few verses in verses 2 through 7 he gives us an illustration of that which is rich and that person which is poor and the difference between them right there is that difference and he points that out it makes me wonder if he was there and heard the story of Nicodemus who had all the trappings of being religious and being rich and all the things that would happen and how Jesus responded to Nicodemus with this idea of love and what Nicodemus must do to have eternal life and then the contrast that for Jesus who speaks to the woman at the well in Samaria. A whole different uh, relationship, a whole different understanding in who they were or relationships between even the Jews and the Samaritans. But even still, Jesus speaks into her life and he talks to her about this living water, the truth of who he is. Uh, It just makes me wonder if James remembered that as he was talking about how as followers, as believers of Christ, we are to show no favoritism, whether it be like a person like Nicodemus or a woman who is at the well, who is in great need, great sin, great struggles, but the love is still there. And that's what he leads us to as he moves forward down into verse 8. So if you have your Bible with you, we will look at verse 8 and to see what he has to say to us about this royal law. If you really fulfill, he says, the royal law according to Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. It's a hard word for us. It's a hard word that he tells us as maturing believers. If we show favoritism, then the love of Christ may not be in our lives. He goes on to give that illustration of the law. If you break one point of the law, you've broken the whole law. He he would simply be saying in a nutshell, you can't proclaim that we are followers of Christ and be able to categorize how we respond or what we do. When we are followers of Christ, it leads us into a lifestyle of faith. It leads us into a lifestyle of love that is the royal law that really is the foundation of how we react is the foundational piece of the freedoms that we have in Christ to act like Christ would act in all situations. We can't choose the people or choose the times or choose the places. Our responsibility as being those who have faith in Christ, as he's told us in verse 1, is to be the kind of people who love our neighbors as ourselves. A challenge, a difficult challenge. As we look at the rest of this passage, he helps us to understand more about what that means. In verse 10, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for it all. And then he says in verse 12, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs. See, so he leads us in this passage to an understanding of the mercy that we have in Christ. And because we are followers who have faith in Christ, then we show that mercy to everyone around us. We're not showing favoritism. We're not showing partiality. We're the kind of believer who acts, who functions, who lives out this christ faith in us to be the kind of people, the kind of follower of Christ, one that has the freedom to show mercy to everyone. Well, there are so many things in this passage uh, that really does help us to know. I hope you'll read through it and learn more about it and just let it speak into your life. Let the Holy Spirit take these verses and just teach you more about what he is saying to us in this passage. But I want to conclude today with some lessons that I think this passage teaches us. I think it teaches us that because we are all image bearers of God, God loved us so much, he loved the world so much, that Jesus was sent to be our redeemer and our restorer of everyone. Because we all bear the image of God. And Jesus' love is for all peoples. And so we must learn that lesson out of what James tells us. Show no favoritism because God is in all people and he is working to draw people to himself. A second lesson I think we learn out of this is because we show no partiality because we understand the royal law. As we become mature, as we become Complete in understanding who Christ is in us. We understand the royal law, which means that we are to love other people. We are to love other people as ourselves. A difficult task. Yet showing no partiality means that that's what we do. We, We do that because we now understand the royal law. Is that true for us? Is that true for your life? Or as a follower of Christ, do you understand that the royal law is teaching you that kind of love? A third lesson. Because the church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is a place where everyone should be truly welcomed. That's the role of the church. James had been teaching that church. That's going to come out later in the Gospels. It's going to come out later in the writings of Paul. It's, it's all over the New Testament. The understanding that we show no partiality as a church because of the work of the Holy Spirit and the church is a place where everyone is welcome because it's there that we have found freedom in Christ, freedom from our sin, freedom for eternal life, freedom to live out our faith, that's available to all peoples, everyone. The church welcomes people who need Christ and who are growing in Christ. Show no partiality because we are the church. We are the bride of Christ. A fourth lesson. Because Jesus has changed our thinking, we show no partiality and no favoritism because Jesus has changed your thinking, right? You don't think... In a worldly way anymore, we think with a heavenly perspective. We think about what Christ has done and eternity and all things related to it. It changes the way we think as followers. James was teaching that. We must understand that first statement in the first verse of chapter 2, show no favoritism because of who the Lord is in us. He has changed our mindset. I hope you live that change. And then the last lesson i mentioned today... We show no partiality because we understand the freedom of the law of liberty. You see, we have great freedom in our nation. We have great freedom to proclaim Christ in many ways. But it's upon us to live that ounce. We show no partiality because of the freedom that we have in Christ. A freedom to proclaim who he is in us, how he has transformed us, how he has made us in his image, how he has changed our thinking, how we welcome people around us, how we live out this law of liberty, this law that he teaches us. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. Freedom. I hope you have found that freedom in Christ. I hope that freedom of a personal relationship, is yours. And if so, then it becomes our purpose, our focus, to live out that freedom every day in our lives. I'm going to be praying for you to live that way.